0: Welcome to the Beyond Jiu Jitsu podcast, episode number 47, very special episode today. We are featuring our special guest, Joey Worthington, come on down, as a bit of an intro. (laughs) it's a bit of an intro for joey for those that are uninformed in the audience joey is the co-creator of bulletproof for bjj a strength conditioning and mobility program specifically for you players out there he is the co-host of the bulletproof for bjj podcast check it out streaming on all platforms and is the founder of jungle brothers strength and movement botany and the jungle alliance which i hope we get into in this episode very exciting stuff going on there and of course, most importantly, is a BJJ black belt under our very own Adam Childs out of Alliance Sydney.
1: That reminds me, Joe, you still need to uh, sling me that check for, <laughs> for, for yeah. a little bribery check <laughs> for that black belt. Need you to pay for that belt. <laughs> 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 and and he actually has another podcast, the Jungle Brothers podcast as well. Oh, of course. This of course. dude wears so many hats. So many.
0: How do they fit <laughs> on that head?
1: <laughs> it's a big head. Regular hats don't fit yeah. this head. True story. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. I'm not surprised. You walk yeah. into a shop and, and they're one of those like, oh, it's one size fits all, and you're like, no, it's oh, not. Shit. It <laughs> <mean> it <does. laughs>
0: Sue them for defamation. If you're not seeing uh, Joey's big head, you can see it on YouTube. We are live on YouTube, sort of. So recording on YouTube. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Check out the YouTube version of the podcast. Shameless plug. But Joey, first of all. Welcome to the Beyond Jiu Jitsu podcast, and a big congratulations to you for our audience. You were promoted last Saturday, just gone. We are recording this on a Tuesday. However, the audience does know you are already a black belt because <laughs> we've been we've been talking some shit. <laughs> yeah, we
1: actually, like the last couple of ep- episodes we recorded, we were already like, wait, hang on, oh, oh, we can actually talk about Joey's black belt because <laughs> this is being recorded in advance, you know? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So they already know, but. Oh, that's cool. You've been mentioned on the on the show so many times that uh, first it started off with the, the senior super awesome uh, brown belt that, you know, we're always talking shit about you and now it's the black belt. So congratulations and welcome.
2: Thank you so much. Honored. Uh, that was a great intro. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of shit going on there. That's really cool. Stoked to be here with you guys. Big fan of the show. Listen to at least two episodes.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Brown. <laughs> 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 yeah, <laughs> you prick. <laughs> no, yeah, that's what,
2: it was <laughs> like the, the first one in JT's episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh shit! And I just waited to hear a mention of my name in the JT episode, and then yeah. I was out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Back back to Rogan. <laughs> I, think, I think something
0: that you said to JT, or, or maybe both of us, you said that that episode, JT's episode, was more the Joey episode. Really,
2: I was like, this is a this is a real big marketing effort yeah. towards you know Joey. Yeah, and I was like JT. I'm not sure if he knew that yeah um yeah great i'll take it yeah man. any yeah. press is good press exactly but well, no it's fucking awesome to be here with you guys very stoked to have a black belt uh obviously yeah a lot of a lot we can talk about that and and yeah all that other shit that's going on good stuff
1: yeah it's so good man It was um <laughs> you know you and i briefly spoke yesterday and you know it's pretty pretty special so the listeners might not know but you're my first black belt so it was also an important day for me to, to give out that first black belt and when we, when we were talking yesterday on the phone, I was saying like how, how nervous, not nervous, but I was just sort of not making eye contact while I was up <laughs> there giving that speech, trying to do the whole, you know uh, – Try like pretend it's not happening, so Joey doesn't know. And, and <laughs> even I, though my my
2: partner and my two kids just yeah, walked yeah, up yeah, out yeah, of the blue, yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. yeah, what I are must you doing saying, here? Yeah. You you are as subtle as a sledgehammer. Like, <laughs> yeah. You
0: yeah, you can't hide shit.
1: Yeah, I know. man, I actually get like I get, I actually find it difficult. The thing that I find difficult about maintaining my belt standards for my students is. The fact that I get too excited, like the way, you know, like when you, you know, maybe you, you buy someone a, a gift, whether it's their birthday or Christmas or whatever, you buy them a gift that you know they're going to love. And it's like, you don't want to wait till Christmas so they can open it. You're like, <laughs> you want them to have it now because like, I don't know, you want to see their reaction or you just want to, you know, froth on the fact that they're loving it or whatever. So I, that's the thing I find hard about <laughs> maintaining my standards is I, to some degree, I'm like, Man, I just want to give belts to everyone. <laughs> belts for everyone, you know. <laughs> like, I want everyone to be happy. So, and, if you're in Sydney yeah.
0: and you're stuck at your current belt, yeah. come to Alliance Sydney. Yeah. Belts for everyone.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, like, I, I, I get really excited and uh, you know to to give out belts uh, when they when they're deserved, you know. But yeah, I, I, I do find it hard to, to try keep it that it's not known. And obviously, when I have students do belt tests, well, then it's very obvious. You know, they know that at some stage after their belt test they're going to get it unless they failed you know mm. horrifically but yeah you know i obviously made sure that that meese your partner was there uh cuz you know it's a, a special day but yeah there was no reason for meese to be at the gym <laughs> you know short of that so she did good even even meese was like was like oh you know cuz we were like texting in you know like full covert Texting between each other, and Mees like, "Oh, is there somewhere like I can kind of hide?" And I'm like, "Mees, the gym's like got massive glass windows. <laughs> 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 There's no way, you, like Joey, will know you're." Th- I said, and I'm like, "Maybe just you know say that you you had to stop by because like you know you had to change Leo or something, you know, <laughs> so you just stopped at the gym." Or I was like, "I don't know." And she's like, "Okay, I'll figure it out."
2: Yeah. <laughs> I was in the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, she she did really well actually. Like I, I got a well, I you know because I guess. It, it was a hard one to hide because it had been we'd been talking about my black belt for a long time and like it was kind of always on the card. So I guess, it, it, yeah, that you you had like you had your work cut out for you trying to keep it quiet. Yeah, but Mies did really well because she kept Hattie, who would normally have gone back to her dad and not been there with us on the Saturday. She's like, oh, you know, her dad had a thing on, so Hattie's going to stay with us tonight. We'll, we'll take it. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. We'll go had it for an extra day. And then um, I said, hey, I'm going to the, the, you know, the alliance thing. What are you doing? She said, I'm, we're going to um, go see my parents. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. And they're in the eastern suburbs. Yeah, right. And then when she, was, when she was at the gym, I'm like, what are you doing here? And she said, oh, we're just on our way past her mum and dad's, you know. And I was like, oh, that's feasible, you know. Yeah, yeah, like, like <laughs> you just gave it away, but it's feasible. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that checks out,
1: but I still don't trust you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, it was, it, was, it was really cool and um, – you know, we should have, after the fact, I thought, ah, oh, damn, should have taken a photo of it. But um, I kind of c- copied Fabio, what, what Fabio did. He didn't do this as he gave out his black belts, but years later he had obviously knew all, all who all his black belts were and he went back and, like, re-gave black belts to, to his students with the number of black belt that they are from him embroidered on the belt which is, so that's where I got that idea from. So uh, I, you know, on Joey's black belt, it has on one of the the ends of the belt embroidered, like um, hashtag zero one, you know, being the first black belt. And we should have taken a photo of that. I only thought of that after the fact. I think that's a great um, idea. But I mean, I know that Fabio definitely listens to all these episodes. Fabio, Hmm. I still don't have mine bro. Give me (laughs) my, give me my belt, right? (laughs) (laughs) Number 110, hundred and ten. I'm waiting for it. 110. Yeah
0: hundred and ten I'm, wow. I'm gunning I'm for the top ten. Yeah so I uh, single
2: digits, after, baby. yeah Kieran, <laughs>
1: after this Kieran was like he was like oh you're gonna do every belt embroidered and I thought oh well you know it's not like like for example when Fabio decided to to put the numbers on all his belts he he already had you know, I think he probably already had over 100. I think it was around about 105 when he oh started, yeah. when he decided to start doing that. Or maybe it was when he hit 100. He thought, yeah, I'll do this. And um, and man, like that's a lot of money, you know, because when you think about it, like, belts, a, like yeah. a belt on its own, like even when you wholesale buy a belt, as you would know, having a gym and everything, like it still costs you like 20 bucks or something, or, you know, maybe a bit less if you're buying a stack of them and you save on shipping. But, you know, let's say, $15 to buy the belt. And then it's still like, I don't know, 15, 20 bucks to get it embroidered, you know? And then you, you think like, okay, whatever, it's 40 bucks and you got 100 of them, you know? Like it adds up, man. Like yeah. it's a lot of money. So I was saying to Kieran, oh, well, it's not like I have hundreds of black belts, you know? At the moment, yeah, I guess I'll still do it for, for each black belt because they're going to be quite far and few between and Kieran I was like why where do you think you'll be Kieran and he's like he's like man I want I want to be in the top 10 and then he was like I want to be the first white to black belt you know <laughs> because, sick. because obviously you know uh, most people know you started training with me as a brown belt and Kieran was like, yeah, I want the first white to black belt. I want to be in the top 10, you know, and then he started talking about, it. he's like, okay, so these people are ahead of me, but I'm going to catch him. You know? yeah, <laughs> if so-and-so
2: receives a critical injury, that's going <laughs> to put him out. Of <laughs> mm. Hey, Dan, you want to roll back? Yeah. yeah. We're doing leg locks, right? <laughs> yeah. So
0: just for the benefit of our listeners, I mean, you're a frequent guest in so far as we mention you all the time, but talk us through your jiu-jitsu journey. It it's, hasn't been a standard cookie cutter journey for you. So- go through that and what's yeah.
1: actually sorry yeah, before before you start like uh i mean y- you you started jujitsu at a time in australia when i was overseas so like you know stuff about the history history you know in little air quotes of of jujitsu in australia that i wasn't around for because i was training elsewhere in the world you know i didn't start training in australia so mm. like yeah like where where did it first begin with who like you know i don't I know some of that from our conversations, but not a lot. So I guess, um,
2: yeah, th- it started for me with, uh, I was traveling overseas, uh, doing a big like around the world kind of backpacking type thing. And I met, uh, I was caught up with my cousin, we're in America, uh, we're in San Diego, uh, which would become the Jiu Jitsu mecca, I had no fucking idea at the yeah, time. Yeah, it's one of the big cities I'm, for,
1: for Jiu Jitsu now. I'm just
2: hanging out, smoking weed and surfing. <laughs> And but Sick. we we met a few a few Kieran's like, imagine that life yeah, yeah. <laughs> a few friends of his uh who were from Bondi came over and it was like, Oh, hey, a couple of my mates from Bondi are gonna be here. Uh I think we were hanging out, it was Fourth of July, American Independence Day, which is you know a huge public holiday. Um so we're like six, so we met up with these dudes, a few guys, and um we went down to Pacific Beach at San Diego, which is the main beach there. And it's a huge beach. It it runs, I don't know, kilometers. So you know, from one end to the other, it doesn't end, and the ho- entire beach on the Fourth of July is just packed with young people, and you know, everyone's dr- it's it's that it's like um, standard like American like parties with the be- you know drinking the beers through the fucking shotgun or whatever it is that yeah, do all, funny. yeah, yeah. <laughs> all that and you yeah, know, people like mm. you know doing funny shit and wearing funny out like just wild, right? <laughs> you know, for a couple of young dudes like backpacking, it's epic, and um, so anyway, we were there, we're hanging out and we got to you know just kind of walking along the beach meeting people grabbing beers having a good time and we ended up hanging out with these military guys there's a big military base north in northern san diego i think yeah and uh we're sort of hanging out with these military guys and one of the dudes that was from sydney that 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 was with that i was with he did jiu-jitsu he was a purple belt and i'd only known of jiu-jitsu through like ufc and that kind of thing so I think it was the first time I had met someone who was, you know, ex-
1: experienced with it. Were and you at, at this time? Were you already like um, in the fitness industry? Like, were you already nah. doing your strength and movement stuff?
2: I wasn't. Nah. All I, my that would come later. And my experience with with martial arts, like I'd had a lot of experience with it as a kid. So Van Damme movies, Bruce Lee films, Chuck Night, like I'd, all that shit. Um, my brother studied kung fu. I'd done a bit of kickboxing, did a bit of judo, uh, did a bit of Wing Chun. Like it was in our family to just fuck around with a lot of that stuff, but we'd never actually like dedicated ourselves to it. But I was a, I was kind of like a martial arts frother, uh, and I think prior to this experience, I had said to myself in my early 20s, I was like, man, I want to go back and do some martial arts. Like I wanna I wanna give it a good nudge. So in any case. I'm there, and and you know, at this point, I'm like eighteen months into this trip around the world. Like, Damn. staying fit and exercising was like the furthest thing from my mind. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, I was just fit because I was twenty. Yeah. Um, so in any case, uh, this dude who I'm with and this 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 uh, military kid. Start chatting, and he's like, oh, "I do jiu-jitsu too." And he's like, "Oh man, I'm a purple belt." And the guy's like, "You want to roll?" And he's like, "Yeah, let's roll." And so these two guys start grappling, and we we just sort of naturally like give them a bit of space, and it opens out into this circle. And uh, old mate, who I'm with, just towers this dude up, submits <laughs> him like three or four times in you know whatever, a few minutes kind of thing. And um, it was awesome. I didn't know what the fuck was going on, but it was just two guys fighting without you know having bad intentions against each other, and you know you can see this chess match playing out. And anyway, they finished and high-fived and we drank some beers and then, you know, went on our way. But that was really my first exposure to it. And that guy, uh, he trained in Sydney and we hung out for for a couple of days. Um, He said, man, when you get back to Sydney, you should come and train jiu-jitsu because I'd been kind of talking about it. And uh, I was like, yeah, man, I'd love to. Turns out when I moved back to Sydney, I think I had maybe a month or so back at my parents' place. And then I moved to Bondi with my cousin who I'd been traveling with at that time in america and the gym was on the same street that i moved into no the, way. the was, gym that
1: this guy trained yeah at. he
2: trained at roots which was at the time the bondi roots uh, roots Jiu Jitsu was at the hakoa club which was on hall street in
1: bondi yeah, like the center of bondi like just up from the beach yeah, yeah but
2: if for anyone that's around bondi now if you know messina that is that is where the hakoa club was it was a big building there like a kind of semi high rise and it was i guess like a kind of like an rsl or community yeah, club yeah. um so yeah there was a top level of that which had this like filthy indoor pool and next to that they had some shitty old mats and that was where the gym was and so i just as soon as i got back and moved to bondi i started going to to the the jiu-jitsu gym and from my first session i fell in love with it that was the beginning for me
1: yeah, yeah sick right. that's such a good like introduction to jiu-jitsu yeah. like like that's such a good story opposed to you know a lot of people it's more just like oh you know a friend said this or oh I watch UFC so I listen to Joe Rogan yeah oh man <laughs> <laughs> your, face. Yeah. your face I, I mean if he's try done try one good thing yeah. Yeah. Be that. <laughs> yeah, yeah I did have someone come in like the other day and ask like you know like oh I'm thinking about trying out Jiu Jitsu and I always ask like oh what made you, what made you decide to try Jiu Jitsu because I think that's an important thing to understand uh, for when you're Interacting with a brand new potential student, mm. he's like, "Oh, I listen to the Joe Rogan podcast." I was like, "Yes!" Which is like, oh Kieran, yeah, he's great. <laughs> which is how oh, Why did you try well. hunting, bro? Yeah, <laughs> um, the bush is too far away. Yeah, I actually like went to like Atlas had a had a play date with this other this other kid the other day, and we went over to their house, and the the mum and dad. The dad is an Irish guy, loves Joe Rogan. And I don't know, he just came up in conversation and the the wife, she was like, oh, You hate Joe Rogan too? And she was like, Fucking yes. She was <laughs> like, we can just like riff on Joe Rogan. She was uh, like, because she always is like Complaining to her husband like all the dumb shit that Joe Rogan so- says, and he like defends Joe Rogan. She's like, now we can be friends. Just, <laughs> just to be clear,
0: fifty percent of the Beyond Jiu-Jitsu podcast is pro Joe Rogan. <laughs> so the, the majority, I would say, of of this podcast is supporting Joe Rogan. Yeah. We, Go learn how to uh, the fact yourself, that you the fact yourself, that you talk bro- about
2: him constantly <laughs> 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 only bolsters Joe Rogan. I, exactly. yeah, exactly. I, I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so,
1: Kieran's sitting there and he's like, tell me more about why you hate Joe Rogan.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, back to the story, Joey. So at this point you started roots in Bondi. Approximately how long ago was this just as a timeline? I should have looked it it up. Cause I,
2: no, not at all. I I intended to, but I was, I think I was 24 at the time. Right. So I'm 37 right now. Right. About to turn 38. So it was, you know, about 14 years ago. If my math is correct. Yep. And, um, (laughs) and so, so yeah, so that, that was the beginning for me. Um, that at the, you know all i remember from that time it, when i when i started training it was summertime and so the the thing that we did then was you did gi for like three quarters of the year during the cooler months and then you did no gi only for summer yeah some oh, gyms wow. still do that hey? yeah really? and, and no yeah, gi no gi. it was like you rock up in bodies shirt off and you just get after it and the yeah. you know so we were, it was always grappling like topless i always remember that um i'd prefer to do that <laughs> It's, it's <laughs> kind of nice. Yeah.
1: kieran has been looking for more excuses to use his baby oil, <laughs> Grease gate. I don't know. It, just, 21. it feels,
0: yeah. it feels authentic. Like yeah, like there's a, there's a, there's it. something. Yeah, you say about
1: it. you say that now, but like, wait till someone's got you in like an arm triangle yeah. or a guillotine or something. And and all sweaty and shit. Yeah, and you're like, this is rank. I don't know, but, but I've been rolling. Rank. I mean, yeah, you get, that's true. You know,
2: you're caught in someone's arm triangle, even when they got a rash on, but they're Yeah, so yeah. T- I
1: think it's funny. Oh. Like, it's one of those things that, like, if you're if you're having hard rolls, like you're training, you know, all out, mm. it's the furthest furthest thing from your mind. 100 percent. Right? But if you're just like having flow rolls, or you're just like drilling or whatever, like it's definitely you notice the rankness. I don't know. Ads,
0: I've rolled with you before and you've, you have be going like, you know, that heavy pressure style that you do punishing me when you're in control and your fucking, your rash guard in no geese just like sucked me, sucked into my mouth. <laughs> yeah. Just like fucking like dude, a dude vacuum, that, man. Yeah, that, that happened. Terrible.
1: To, that happened to me once like, I was, yeah, rolling with Fabio and I got into a position where when I went for a big like, <gasps> yeah, I <laughs> just, <laughs> <right. laughs> just like, like just s- like
0: <laughs> suck it yeah. on a plastic bag. Of yeah, like, <laughs> and
1: then <laughs> like like, like less oxygen than you would typically have. Fucking, yeah. so, get that shit out yeah. of here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's yeah there's some things that are hard to to not take pause. Like you know the times where you know I don't know maybe your clothes guard on the bottom and like that drop a set sweat just goes straight in your mouth (laughs) and you're like, (laughs) (laughs) God. It's hard hard not to like sort of flinch (laughs) or whatever. drips in your "Ah." eyes. So, uh, but anyway, back to roots. So how, how long were you training there and how, you know, you said you fell in love with it from the first session, but how, how, hard did you go was it like oh i love this i'm here like once a week or every day or you know how where did your jiu-jitsu go from there i went i went really hard at the beginning because i wasn't really working i'd come back and i
2: jumped into the film industry which was the career i'd had prior to going overseas so i just jumped back into it and it's a it's you're freelancing so you're picking up jobs here and there do a week on a film a couple days on a commercial two weeks off a couple days on a commercial three days off like it's just this thing so um, is there
1: a lot of work for male porn actors? <laughs> well, yeah, I think it with one star. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. with that star would be getting booked all the time. Yeah. yeah. I mean yeah. unfortunately
2: I didn't have the, you know, the manliness uh, that I have yeah. now back <laughs> yeah. then I couldn't grow such a impressive the manliness. face slug. Yeah, you right. know, but um but no, it was uh so that was it was really good for my early jiu cuz I just trained all the fucking time. And it was and I man I went to my first class and all I remember was, you know, we did some whatever we did the class and then it was time to roll and the coach said to me it's your first class so don't do the first round he's like sit out and I was like all right so I sat out and watched the first round and then that finished and then the second round was about to start and some guy looked at me and was like oh you want to roll and I was like yeah I want to roll and so I jumped in and rolled with this dude and Because um, <laughs> the instructor's
1: him. like Yeah one round of watching that ch- yeah. You're up to speed <laughs> <laughs> And
2: all I remember was like I caught this dude In a rear naked choke Like two or three times Because I'd seen it in the UFC And I just kept taking his back And like throwing You know this choke on And catching this dude It was like his first week as well It turns <laughs> out <laughs> But the, the coach was like At some point was like Hey what are you fucking doing I told you not to roll And I'm like I thought you just said that was for the first round. He's like, "No, you're not. You're meant to sit out for the class." And I was like, "Oh, okay." And I don't even know what happened. He might have just been like, "Ah, whatever." Yeah. Yeah. Keep doing it. But it was like the poor harder was instantly like it 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 spoke to me. And I yeah. was like, I love just getting after it and, and you know, throwing caution to the wind and just like sparring. Mm. Was um, the
1: was the coach at that stage was it Paulo? It was, yeah. yeah so Paulo Oh God, what's his last name, Gilmartis? Gilmartis. Yeah, he's like the the founder of Roots in Australia or one of the main guys or something. Yeah, yeah he's a uh, founder of Roots, Roots and then he's Jiu-Jitsu. one of
2: the three founders of the Australian Jiu-Jitsu Federation. Oh, wow. Right,
1: who put on a lot of competitions. Yeah, yeah all the dodgy ones <laughs> with shit prizes <laughs> and poor running times. Uh, tribute to those. Yeah, it was
2: him and Marcelo from Gracie Baja and Bruno from Gracie Umaita right they were like so from what i understand it was like there was this evolution of jiu-jitsu happening in australia with guys like um uh, anthony lang i think from the northern beaches and peter de Bean, australian guys who were traveling to brazil getting their blue belts bringing it back teaching their students doing all that and then at some point these three black belts turned up from brazil and were like now there's a federation
1: we've taken over that's right yeah. and
2: so you know whatever yeah they those was sort of became the dominant academies in a way Yep. Um, but yeah, so, so that, was, that was the beginning. So yeah, I trained a bunch and I got, to, I got to my blue belt really fast, Kieran. Yeah, take your time, Kieran. There's buddy. levels within levels, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different game now, old man. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, shit. But
2: I, I got to my blue belt, I think in like, I don't know, it was like 10 months, nine months, something like that because I just trained all the fucking time, twice a day, just going super hard. Mm. Did my first comp after, I don't know, like two months. Got towed up really quickly, but had one super epic match. Um, and then I think did my my first comp in the Gi was at maybe six months and I won that. Um, and like my trajectory was like really steep and awesome at that stage. And because the game was also super young, like y- if I look at what we were doing, it was just pretty non-technical. It was just like, who can scrap harder? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I guess I trained with Roots For, I don't know, many years until there was eventually a split there into another gym that became known as the dojo.
1: Yep. And then under Dan, right?
2: Daniel Sainte, yeah.
1: Yeah. I remember I actually visited the dojo once when I – it's funny that you said that it was kind of not super technical and it was just who could scrap the hardest. Because when I was a blue belt and living in Brazil – I came it's my whole time of living in Brazil. I only came home once for holidays and I was a blue belt when I did come home and I came home and at the time I had had, I was maybe one or two weeks post tearing my hamstring. I'd torn my hamstring training and, uh, so I couldn't really train, but I was still like, Oh, you know, I'll go visit a gym and I dropped into this gym and I believe Dave Brooksbank was there when I went in, uh, as a brown belt who uh dave's brooks bank is a, a guy who teaches all around the place in sydney and someone that you and i have a jiu-jitsu known jiu-jitsu gypsy yeah a bit of a jiu-jitsu gypsy and um and i i don't know who else was there but dan was teaching and i remember the people i rolled with i rolled with dave and some other blue belt and i don't know a few people and I remember thinking I was like, oh my god, these guys are so bad. I was like so <laughs> I was like, they're so untechnical, like they were like just so many like details of very basic positions that, you know, I don't know, like cross collar chokes, like they were just flaring their elbows for days, you know, and just things like that. And I remember I had a similar thought. I was like, man, it's just kind of who's just like the toughest scrapper, like who's the guy who played yeah. you know division one rugby league or something you know through school or something and yeah they're going to be tough because they're like big strong scrappy australians but they didn't strike me as very technical obviously that's very different nowadays right you know uh, the internet and travel and just the standard of the sport growing in australia as well people are incredibly technical now but it wasn't back then right it's definitely no. a bit more scrappy
2: totally was yeah It 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 had a
1: yeah, there was a lo-fi kind of vibe. It would to have been—I mean, you were born at the <laughs> the wrong the wrong period, Kieran. you would have really would have loved I'm back on this. So I'm like, here's yeah. the scrappiest? So I'm, like, I'm pretty <laughs> no, fucking yeah. scrappy. Yeah, <laughs> let's
2: get some scrap on boys. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was like it was almost like a Fight Club kind of vibe. Yeah, that's sick. It wasn't like it was well, even. You know, I don't even remember how I filled out a membership form and started. Paying, and it was just like, "eh, show up again if you like the scrap." <laughs> <laughs> and I remember, I remember getting. Don't forget, butted. bring a sacrifice to yeah. the gods. <laughs> I remember getting headbutted by a by a training partner, a guy who was a blue belt. Yeah, right. Intentionally. Yeah, he reckons it wasn't. I'm like, you fucking headbutted me.
1: You <laughs> he's know like, I you saw did. you wind it up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He headbutted me.
2: He headbutted me in the chest out of like frustration. Oh, I fucking mm. want all the damn on you, bro. Yeah, and I was like, you headbutted me in the chest, bro. like no, I didn't. yeah you did bro but but that's kind of the vibe is that it was it yeah it sort of spoke to a little bit of the heatedness and the the energy was like
1: it was definitely like that back then even even to some degree in 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 brazil was the same it was a bit more just man this shit's super tough and it's a war and if you can hang with everyone, yeah, cool. You're going to keep training and you're going to get good at jiu-jitsu. If this is too much for you, like there's the door.
0: Yeah, it's like fit in or fuck off.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah was, well, you know, there's still some gyms who who run like that. And I think to some degree, at least competition training is like that, you know, because we a uh, previous episode we were talking about how when you, – if you're wanting to be a competitor and compete successfully, when it's time to train, like – your training is number one priority. You know? yeah. I, I gave the example of I had a guy and this was like, while I was in Brazil and was comp training and I was just coming back from an injury or something. He was like, hey, Adam, do you want to roll? And I was like, yeah, but like it needs to be light. And he was like, oh, I don't want to roll with you then. Because like it's detrimental to his preparation. Yeah. You know? So I think comp training is still kind of like that. And if you can't handle how hard competition training is, well, then don't come to competition training, right? Yeah. But it used to be like that just for jujitsu as a whole. Nowadays that's not the case. It's much more welcoming to people who are I don't know, mid 50s and never done a class and want to come and do jitsu do jiu jitsu to spend time with their son or grandkids or for yeah. whatever activity because all they do is sit at the office desk or whatever.
0: Is it wrong that that like what you're describing is really appealing to me? And I'm like, "Oh, that that's nah, good." No, <laughs> I mean, I think
1: yeah, like 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 Joey said, you know, some of that you know, I think if you have that sort of competitiveness in you and that sort of combat sport drive in you like, awesome yeah, yeah it's like, but like it's you hate lived. it and love it mm. it's
2: short-lived you look at all
1: those guys you know they're
2: all broken mm. most of them aren't in the game anymore a lot of injuries you know what i mean yeah, like yeah. it's it's, 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 it's really harder. fun when you're in your 20s yeah and even when you're in yeah. your 30s to a point but like you hit a point and i you know i came to this point myself when i pretty much when i came back to jiu-jitsu where it's like You're like, fuck, you can't just put your body on the line like that forever. So at some point you have to change. And for a lot of people, making that change is too difficult because all they know, like their association with how they do this sport is like scrap. Mm. So it's like, well, if I can't do that anymore, I don't want to do it. I don't want to change how I engage with the sport. So I kind of think like what Ads is saying is it's an important part of it. And we still get a bit of that, like when we do comp training or when like you roll with me, like you bring that, that scrappiness, you know, Yeah, we like, scrap, yeah, we scrap, you we bring scrap a fight. <laughs> um, so you can still do it. You can still have a bit of that, but you, you also, you have a bit of balance too, because yeah, it's not just that. Yeah. And you have people at the gym who, you know, uh, y- you just know like, oh, I'm not going to train with them in that way. Not yet. Mm. You know?
1: Yeah. yeah it's like. why a lot of the way i answer questions when someone asks you know are there any golden rules for this or training with this person or whatever it's always like well like it depends like you know for me it's almost (laughs) like my mentor mantra is along the lines of don't be a moron use common sense you know (laughs) like but yeah some people don't have the ability to turn it off like some my
2: dad always told me not to be a moron yeah
1: (laughs) it's uh you know some people can't turn that off right like they regardless of who they're training with it's all out war scrappiness you know some people will roll with a 50 kilo white belt female and mm. they're like a 100 kilo dude and they'll they'll roll with that same intensity and that same sort of like yeah it's war yeah which for me is, is like you just can't do the that. opposite of common sense like yeah. that's so irresponsible to yeah. to your training partner but,
0: but then if you have those training partners like me and toby it's it's a fucking war and when yeah. we, we we you know shake hands at the start we that's like the initiation like yep we are now beginning Man, war if, has commenced if,
1: <laughs> if you can find that training partner who. You guys have, like on any given day, either one of you can win and every single role is like it's a competition role. Yeah, but I mean, Toby. 100%. zero animosity, like, you know, and if any frustrations are built up, it's only frustrations at yourself for, yep. for doing something wrong or and whatever. it's contained within that role. Yeah, that yeah. is such a valuable training partner. Yeah, like I had so. a guy like that in Brazil and when we actually competed against each other twice, even though we trained at the same team because- we didn't train at the same time ah. a, until later on At my during my years in Brazil. Like the first couple of years we trained at different times of day, but we were more or less the same weight, the same belt, the same height. You know, he was a little lighter than me, but yeah, we fought – Once at an internal competition that was a competition that if you won, you got your next belt, you and it was like no time limits. No time limits, submission only, no weight division. So it was like all the blue belts, all the purple belts. Um, So we fought once there and I I think we maybe fought for 20 minutes or something and he ended up submitting me. And then uh, – and I'd only been at the gym for, like, a week or something. I was like, yeah, Damn. I'll do this comp. And <laughs> you <know>, I got <laughs> smashed. And then we fought, like, a year later at, like, a, a Sao Paulo, like, state competition. And I remember we, like, got to the semis together. and was like, oh, Hafa, do you, like, do you want to fight? Do you want one of us go through? And he was like, oh, what do you want to do? And I was like – I kind of was like, oh, you know, I told Hinata I would bring her home a, a gold medal – and he was like he was like oh, okay we can fight then i was like all right cool so, <laughs> so we fought and it ended up being like Super close match. I can't re- really remember how it played out, but I remember I won on ref's decision. Damn. So I don't even know if there were... I don't even think there were points or advantages. Or, or whatever it was, it was completely tied across the board. So it was ref's decision. And then I believe I went on to win in the final. I can't remember. But then after that, we ended up training at the same time a day and we became really good friends and training partners. Like, that. yeah, it was one of those every time you would kind of, you would know that, man, last time I rolled with Huffer, he got me. So like mm-hmm. you would be forever, every class, you'd be like, Huffer, let's go. Yeah. It's, you know, like, and, oh, I'm with so like, and you'd always be chasing him. Like yeah, and he'd yeah, be trying yeah. to like, you know, drag his tail a little bit, cause he knows. And then when it was the other way around, you'd be like, fucking I'm ducking Hafa for a while. <laughs> you know, cause you <laughs> know, he's coming for you. Cause yeah. you beat him last roll, yeah. you know, but it's such a valuable training partner to have that you can, man, like, go like it's a competition, but with no, no animosity. And that's how you and I often roll Joey. Like not all the time because geez, like it feels like the last 18 months, like ACL surgery. Now that's more or less come good. I've just had an elbow surgery, but you Which know. Which more or less come good. looks <laughs> fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. looks, it looks, looks fucking fine. Looks fucking yeah. Fine, yeah. <laughs> but Shee, like, looks like <laughs> an eggplant. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it literally looks like an
0: eggplant. A Popeye fucking uh, eggplant arm.
1: Yeah, my biceps have never been so swole, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome (laughs) to the family. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) But, you know, you and I more or less can roll like that, right? Like we've had some, actually the last roll, the the roll we had post-lockdown. So we came out of lockdown, when was it? Start of November, 10th of November or something like that. Around that. And that first class post-lockdown, and I didn't know my elbow was about to, you know get really bad and require surgery and you and I had that role and I think it was Nogi and we're like started super chill first role in like three months and then at some point in the role it got like how like competition intensity and at the end of the role you know you were all like who man I was all like you know in a friendly way you're like bro it's like Chill and flow rolling, and then you just uh, you just turned it on. And I was like, no, bro, you turned it on, and I was just keeping up. You know? I, was I was like, like I, know
2: I was actually pissed. I was yeah. like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> <man?">
1: <laughs> and I'm like, no, you started it. And you're like, you started it. I don't know where it started, but at one point, it like, just turned into more of a uh, regular role of ours, if you will. But that often happens with us, even ignoring first roll post lockdown. Even when you and I are like fit and maybe you know. We train every day, whatever you know, and we roll all the time. We can say we're having a chill roll, but yeah. it doesn't often. No, you know, always no. in a friendly way. Of course, like when we're, it's not like we're irresponsible. Like we spent, you know, months rolling really chill post ACL surgery. Yeah, you know, but like when we're fit and healthy, and it's we on, it, you know, yeah. it's usually yeah. on, yeah. which is great. It's a valuable training part. That's an interesting
2: the thing there where you talk about the animosity because. The animosity is there. It's like you're, but you're kind of like regulating it. Mm. But yeah, I think like you Karen said, it.
1: it's contri- It's contained in that role. Yeah. Like it's not, you know, it's not doesn't affect your friendship. Yeah, 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 like yeah. Like when yeah. the yeah. timer ends, like I can't imagine a situation that, you know, I wouldn't shake your hand after a role, no matter how heated it got in the no, role. If Joey headbutted you. If Joey headbutted me see. in the yeah. chest. Some of that roots <laughs> <Yeah>. game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh,
0: scrappy boy. but yeah
2: it's um but i think that there's a discipline in that because it's easy to be it could be if if we weren't as kind of aware of the situation and our relationship and our own emotions and all those things so you got a bit of like intelligence about the whole jujitsu context i think it would be easy to let that spill over into your life we but that motherfucker like fuck that guy
1: every time we train together you know what I mean? Well, I, I mean, yeah, I, I had training partners like that too in Brazil, That I, um, yeah, I kind of, I, I didn't like them even as a person, you know, but, you know, I wouldn't, yeah, I would then kind of use that if I, when I was training against them, you know, I was you like, just go harder. Oh, fuck this dude, bro. Yeah. Like, I mean, I wouldn't try to hurt them, you know, cause I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm not a bad person at my core, you know, so I wouldn't try to injure them, but, uh, Try to win. It'll be on because I don't like this person. And then it would, if they got the better of me, man, like I'd almost leave the gym in tears, you know, (laughs) but I'd come back the next day and try again, you know. Um, But I think it was more, it was more like I could use that animosity or that dislike in the role, but I still, when I was on the mats inside the class, like I respected them as a training partner and as a person in the class. But like when class was over, like, I had no time for that person, like, because I didn't like them, didn't get along with them, thought they were a dickhead or whatever it was. But in the class, you know, you still had to interact with them appropriately. Of course. Of course. You yeah. know, you still shook their hand before the well, roll, at you the you end of the roll. You don't go for acai together after class. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going for acai today. <laughs> uh, shit.
2: Marcelo. So,
0: Joey, with your jiu-jitsu journey, just circling back, so... Y- you taking us a while to get through. it, Yeah. It? You, you yeah, took we're a
2: bit still, of a break. We're still at
1: blue belt bro. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah. so you took
0: it. you took a bit of a break, uh, from jujitsu. Was that break when you were
2: training at the dojo? It was. Yeah. So yeah, like I guess long story short, the dojo, the, the roots, Bondi moved to Bondi junction. I was, I went to Brazil as a blue belt traveling again. Um, and in that time, the, uh, Paulo and my other coach dan sainty had a falling out and the gym that i'd trained at for really the last sort of two years which was um, roots bondo junction became the dojo polo like was they bought polo out of it they renamed it the dojo um, so when i came home that gym had um, taken on a new name it was its own team mm-hmm. And I was like, well, this is my, it's my team. These are all the guys I train with. Dan had been my coach, really my main coach out of the the head coaches there for years. So um, ran with that for a while, went from blue to, went from blue to brown belt there. But I remember it it was around, like I pushed myself really hard and I don't know if it was me or if it was also me and the coaches there, but I put a lot of pressure on myself through blue and purple belt and I competed a lot and I trained a lot, and work had gotten busier, so it was like, it was becoming increasingly hard to be as consistent with jujitsu jitsu as I wanted to be, but I just made it work, I just fucking showed up whenever I could, and whatever, competed very often, um, pretty much got to a point where I wasn't enjoying it, uh, and looking back, the the gym environment had shifted, and because a lot of the guys, there were feeling the same way, it was just like, The coach wasn't bringing the passion to it they weren't really particularly interested they were trying to fob you know trying they were trying to get other people to run the classes it was just a bit of a mishmash you're like fuck the love's not here uh it, it was it was hard to enjoy it for a lot of folks so i remember um i had a i had a meeting with a few of my best teammates we got together, which we never did. We never got together. Funny thing, like...
1: You went for SAE together. Yeah, we went <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Let's all eat from the one bowl, guys. <laughs> and um, you can share my spoon. <laughs> yeah. um, we met up at the pub for a beer, and even that was really rare, because my coach, Dan, he was like a vegan. He was like staunch vegan. So it was never like, we never did barbecues. We never did like a s- social thing that was like, one Thai place in Newtown that he liked to eat at, this vegan Thai place. Sometimes after a comp, we'd go there. But it was like, just just the social shit that we do that you take for granted. Like, oh, like get some beers and put some food on let's go hang out after a comp or after a grading. Like that shit never happened. So I remember it being extremely novel that I was at the pub with a few of my teammates and we we're all drinking a schooner.
1: And it just- And you're like, you look weird, not in jiu jitsu yeah. Stuff. <laughs> but we, we had this
2: meeting and it was like, what are we doing? Like, are you guys sticking around? And I was like, look, guys, I'd just, I just taken over a gym. Um, so I was in the fitness realm now, and we'd bought this gym down in Botany.
1: So this was the beginning of Jungle Brothers? Yeah. was well, happening at this same time? Jungle
2: Brothers had been going on for about two years as an outdoor thing in the park. Oh, okay. In Surrey Hills and in Erskineville. Was it
1: still with... Is that uh, where the
0: name Jungle came from in Jungle Brothers? Like... Like outdoor vibe, or was it just signal?
2: Nah, it came more from like primal, sort yeah, of um, like nature. Yeah, kind of. sort of. Exactly. Inspiration. Yeah. That, like the fight thing, like all yeah. the stuff we were like jungle, like, yeah. you know, paleo it's type shit. Yeah.
1: And was the outdoor stuff, had that, like, wh- from day one of Jungle Brothers, was it you, Paulie, and Tiora?
2: It was, yes. It was myself, Paul, Tiora, and another guy, Betsy or Adrian. Uh, yes, yeah, so it was the four of us. Right. But it, you know, it was the four of us were in on the idea. Yeah, Betsy and I were running outdoor things. T was working as a personal trainer. Paul was still in the film industry. Yep. so it was very mishmash in the way it came together over the years. Yeah, but yeah, this gym came along, and I was like, boys, we should buy this gym and just rename it Jungle Brothers and start our gym thing. And uh, Paul and T were like, yeah, I want to do it. Betsy was like, no, nah, I'm not in. So it was at that point that we that Betsy left the group, and the three of us forged ahead. Uh, but so i'd been doing that and that i mean even that as a ptu life as a lifestyle makes jujitsu hard because you're fucking up at 4:30 in the morning coaching in the morning coaching all day is like and I, I never slept enough so i was always fucking exhausted anyway showing up to training in the evening presents its challenges through certain stages of of work and life but in any case met with the guys and i'm like look i'm out i've i'm I've, i'm opening this gym uh and i've fucking i'd just gotten my brown belt and i'm like i'm not feeling the love i'm really happy to take a break and focus on the business and the couple you know the other guys like yeah man i'm fucking out i'm gonna go train at legacy i'm gonna you know we kind of were organizing our our the leaving coup, plan the exodus yeah. yeah and i i can't remember exactly how it unfolded but the gym basically shut almost at the same time coach was like hey um fuck you know he had some personal shit going on and he's like i gotta i gotta go take care of that I don't have anyone to run the gym, so we're just going to shut it for a bit. So in a sense, it was a blessing in disguise. Uh, But, you know, for me at that point, it was like, just got my brown belt, um, not really interested in jiu-jitsu, focusing on the fitness game.
1: Yep. So, and then how, obviously, as we know now, Jungle Brothers outgrew that first gym, uh, relocated into its current gym that it's in now. And uh, just before we, like... I just want to finish the the jujitsu journey before we talk about the growth of Jungle Brothers and now the the Jungle Brothers Alliance and things like that. So as you were working on Jungle Brothers and everything, you took a break for how long? And then you ended up at Gracie Hamaita and then with me. So how did that, the last bit of, I mean, you, if anyone followed your- Great return if anyone followed your Instagram post, which by the time this episode comes out was, was weeks ago that you got your black belt, you had written in your post that it took you, I think you wrote oh, seven years to get your brown belt. And then another seven years at brown belt till you got your black belt. So, um, you know, it's only taken us 45 minutes to cover that first seven <laughs> years. So that next seven years, so strap w- in fam. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened there? So I, yes, yeah, so
2: I, 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 um, left i focused on the 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 gym game and and really at that time i I doubled down on my movement training so i was you know essentially brother spinal waves (laughs) um i went super deep on that stuff and that was that was my like i traded jiu-jitsu for that because that was like three hours of training a day um so went into that stuff jiu-jitsu kept popping up because i'd have jiu-jitsu guys come down to the gym you know and then you know occasionally we had like i remember we had like a judo guy like a Judo black belt sign up at the gym, and you know I was like, oh hey, we should get the mats out. Like we should do a little. So you know every now and again you'd you'd play around with it
1: because because back then you didn't have jiu jitsu classes at Jungle Brothers, no, right? Which that you do now. That's right. But but back then, so it wasn't like people were dropping in to do jiu jitsu classes at Jungle Brothers, which they can do nowadays. But back then they couldn't, right?
2: That's right. They were coming in to do strength and mobility work. Um, so you know it was like this side thing that would happen every now and again. I don't remember how long it was i think uh i don't know maybe it was a year or maybe it was a year maybe it was two years i i, I need to look back at facebook it's the only way i can figure this shit out <laughs> <laughs> but um i a, a few friends of mine who trained at gracie humaita which is you know big gym in alexandria they were like man, you should come train and i and i, I spoke to a couple of like, man, come up you know and i'd always competed against guys from there joel costello um Nicola, who's a savage fucking black belt. They got their Serbian dude. Uh, I, I hope I got that right. Um, and a few other dudes, but, but Joel and Nicola were like kind of my competition counterparts for a long time at blue and purple belt. And they were like, man, you should come up. And uh, so I, I rocked up I went to the gym. And I remember I went in that day and Bruno was there. He's very rarely there from what I understand. He's always <laughs> yeah, in Brazil. Yeah, yeah. But he was there with Marcus, who's another, you know, he's a really excellent coach. Uh, Marcus Neville. From um from Grace mitre and they were like they like stood up from the couch when I walked in. They're like, "Hey man, what are you doing here?" <laughs> it was like it was like it was like you're that roots guy kind of like. yeah. <laughs> And I was like, "Oh man, like I haven't been training jits. So I'm looking for someone to train." And they're like, "Hey, my brother, welcome. Yeah. Like, you know, hey, of course, man. Always space for you, my friend. You you know, know, I'm like, looking to spend some money. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro, 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 yeah, yeah, Love this guy, man. You know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so um oh, so I started up there, and it was uh it was all I was doing was the they do like an advanced like a brown and black class twice a week. I think it's Tuesday and Thursday at lunchtime, and it's not even a class. It's just like come in and get a after bit of it. an open yeah. mat sort of yeah. Thing. And I just Sick. did that, and the, I really loved it. And I got to train with all the all the, you know so many great guys there, like really really good people um, who are you know mostly gone on to open their own gyms. Sammy Backy and Gracie Bankstown Joel. and Owen and Joel and all the, all these awesome guys. Um, but my jujitsu was fucking shit. I had picked up so many bad habits and I didn't realize I was just, I'd gone back to scrapping. And what I, this is- (laughs) Karen, Karen
1: leans in. (laughs) Me yeah. more. <laughs> like, teach Grap. me <laughs> um
2: like i remember i remember training with a guy and he's like bro you keep letting me get the underhook and, I, and i'm a brown belt and he's like keep letting me get the underhook and i'm like oh, what do you mean and he's like oh every time i'm like, i get this underhook and i'm like oh i need to get the underhook don't i <laughs> and i'm like damn Jeez. that's some fundamental <laughs> shit yeah but but i look back and 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 i had I, my style had gotten me to a point, and I had just scraped over the line to get my brown belt. But because the training environment was not like it, w- like the coach didn't give a fuck about what we were doing, wasn't like looking out for mistakes. Which, and I remember talking with, uh, uh, we had a, a Brazilian black belt, really cool guy, um, Pedro, who joined our gym for a while. He was an awesome dude. He ended up moving um, to to Hunters Hill, and so he left sort of shortly before we all had this exodus. But I remember he he went back to Brazil for a while and he came back from and was like, bro, I went and trained with my coach and shit. He's like, man, my coach picked up so many bad habits, like so much, many mistakes I've been making. And I was like, fuck. He's like, I was like, what do you think that is? He's like, I'm just... yeah, da- like, <laughs> it's we're like not, this gym you're at. We're not getting <laughs> like any fucking instruction so here. Yeah. <laughs> it's like
1: infecting yeah. everyone. Well, yeah. if you don't
0: get punished for your mistakes, you, they're just going to, you know, be ingrained within you because you're not going to... It's, no. it,
2: yeah, it's that, but it's also like, it, yeah, I think that's like the, there's two two factors. It's like getting punished by, you know, by be- getting beaten. So, yeah. like, why am I getting beat? But also having a coach just going, dude, Who's invested what the in fuck your, are you doing? Yeah. Like, you keep on doing this. Yeah, And, you know, because sometimes you don't have the sort of capacity to sit back after a role and reflect and go, oh, why so and so keep getting me there? You're just like, oh, fuck, I'm just going to go harder next time, you know? So, I think having a coach that's invested is. Is really the, the 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 primary force in in refining your jujitsu.
1: That's a perfect segue into how you started training yeah. with me, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: yeah, so um, so that went on for a while, and then I remember we opened our new gym, and so it was so I was training at Gracie Ultimate for maybe a year, and then we went and opened our new gym, and that was a huge undertaking. It was like took over a new lease, had to move, we we're expanding into a large space. So I was like, hey. Uh, I hadn't actually been showing up at, at Gracie for ages, I remember at the time. Um, I hadn't been going in for like six months, eight months. I was like, hey, I'm fucking opening this jiu-jitsu gym, can you cancel my membership because I'm going to go do this. Same kind of thing. I wasn't really that, you know, fussed about jiu-jitsu. I was like, whatever kind of thing. Was mm-hmm. Joel
1: still there then? Joel was there. Yeah, because I, I, from Joel Costello, the the head coach and owner of Gracie Amita in Balmain, since knowing him, he's always had, had that gym. So, Right. Um, so he was still... Was he a black belt, though, at Gracie? Like, when you, when you met yes. him and started training with him at Gracie? Um,
2: he might have been a brown belt.
1: Right. That might have not happened yet. I can't, can't be sure. But he was still there when you, when you had left. Like, I he think hadn't so. already gone he and was, opened his own gym. Actually,
2: he might have had Balmain operating, but all the, he would, they would all still come and train on those days. Right, right. Um, yeah yeah it's 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 a bit of a blur but essentially yeah then I um I went and opened our new gym again jiu-jitsu wasn't really focused the, the gym took like it took like a year of of a lot of fucking work to get it to a point I was like oh, I can you know kind of put some time into my own training again now and then I guess jiu-jitsu again got forced into my life because we decided for jungle brothers hey let's get some mats at this new gym because we got the space so we had mats and it was like Joe, you're going to run dolima, the jiu-jitsu. ones that were rolled up, right? yeah, the flexi they, roll.
1: You didn't have the any any listeners who trained at Jungle Brothers. There wasn't the mezzanine with the with the full time mats there now, right? You didn't have the upstairs, and the mats were just if they weren't being used, they were those dolomer mats that you could roll up. They were rolled up and pushed over into the side. Yeah, yeah, but you had the mats there. Yeah,
2: they were there, and so it was like teaching it again and getting into it and that kind of thing. And, and I wasn't I wasn't particularly invested kind of emotionally. I was like, oh, I'm really happy to like teach, you know, some, some, we're doing just no-gi stuff. So I was like, I'm happy to teach a couple, you know, a bit of no-gi work. And we had Dave Brooksbank coaching for us. And Joey's
1: like, right, guys, I've learned this new thing. It's called an underhook. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> guys, never let them get the underhook. How many times do I have to tell you? <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: but then, yeah, that's when uh, JT brought ads down at some point around that time, JT's like, "Hey man, I'm in town." He was in Melbourne, obviously around then, and uh, he was like, "How hey, I got this new card game I want to bring down. I got my mate ads. We trained in Brazil. He's just moved back to Sydney. I thought we'd come down and train and uh, do the class, and we can hang out." And so that was when we first met.
1: Yeah, like I've told that story before, how how you and I met, which was <laughs> that yeah, I'd been training with JT in Brazil and everything, and when I moved back to Sydney, he was living in Melbourne and yeah he was like man if you're not training with me actually because he introduced us first as like um for me to do strength work with you strength and conditioning and mobility and stuff because jt had always done that for me he was like man if you're not training with me because you're in sydney and i'm in melbourne then you've got to train with joey and yeah so we came down to jungle brothers uh i think you were you had a jiu like a nogi jiu class happening and but you had invited me and JT or I don't know how it happened if JT was like, Yeah, we'll just rock up. But we came down and did the the no gi class with you and then after the class finished we did some roles together, you, me and JT. And um and yeah, that's how we that's when we first met. Yeah. Nice. fucking smashed him, bro. Yeah, I was about <laughs> to say, because he, he wasn't digging that. I was up. like, no, you might have said me a few
2: times, but I brought the heat to that guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll scrap it, up. Yeah. <laughs> I hand the shit out of his chest. <laughs> yeah. shit.
1: <laughs> and, <laughs> and, um, and then, so I think I, had. I can't remember if my gym... Was open at that stage, or if it was about to? You open. You didn't have a gym yet, right? Yeah, I would have been working towards opening it. Yeah, because
2: you were like, man, I'm looking, f- I'm looking to open a gym, but in the meantime, I'm gonna come down here and do strength work with you. So we were doing like a weekly session.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: And training, and you. I remember you were searching for it while you're still doing the pool cleaning.
1: Yep, yep. It was cleaning pools, <laughs> and then we. S- I should be cleaning pools. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's that. that yeah. yeah. And yeah. then, and then, uh, and then we started doing more. Uh, specifically bulletproof stuff together so originally we were just doing like semi pt-ish strength stuff together but then we started doing the group bulletproof classes bulletproof and BGJ. we would yep, and then we would have uh on those weekly sessions you me and zane would rock up earlier and have some roles together yeah uh is zane still training
2: no oh jiu-jitsu yeah, yeah not not with me
1: no, but does he still do jiu jitsu? I'm sure he does, yeah. So Zane. I'm h- sure he's got his at black belt. At the time, now. he was a purple belt, I believe. At the nah, time. no, he was brown. Was he brown? Yeah. But anyway, like big, stocky, strong dude. And and you, me, and Zane would have some fun rolls together, and then we would do the bulletproof Big scraps.
2: Man, that guy, yes. He's he's the stiffest person I've ever met, but he's developed his jiu jitsu game so well around his, around well, his like, physicality. Like,
1: I thought I had bad mobility, but, you know, one of the big things with with Bulletproof for BJJ is the mobility, right? And the the, the ability to to do an ass-to-grass squat, you know, with keeping your heels on the floor, even like an, even an unweighted squat, right? You know, like that's a range of motion that some people take for granted. And I've always thought I've had bad mobility in my ankles and knees and hips, but I can do that squat perfectly fine. And then I remember running through some of the, like the checklist mobility tests that you guys do when you're, assess like obviously you've got the the online program but if you were working with someone face-to-face one-on-one or whatever you've got these or at least at the time this sort of checklist of mobility movements that you want to check so you can assess the individual and see where they're at and i remember looking over and watching zane try to do this shit and i was like god damn bro (laughs) (laughs) this dude can't even squat to like i don't know man like 45 degree forget a 90 degree squat this dude gets to like 45 degrees and his heels start coming off the ground i'm like how bro you know i remember doing some of the um what's it i think it's called a tabletop or whatever and like zane can't even like put his hands like i can't at the moment because of my elbow but like he can't even the same way you might sit to uh, at a picnic in a a park or something. You can't even put his hands behind himself and like put weight on them. He's like, ah, my shoulders, (laughs) (laughs) bro. Yet when I roll with you, like you wouldn't perceive that this guy is so stiff and has no mobility. But he got better doing bulletproof. Little bit, so uh, <laughs> yep, not right. a miracle worker. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. I, he was like,
2: "Dude, shit's not changing for me." I'm like, "Man, I, it's gonna take you years." Yeah, and he's like, "Fucking, I'm out. <laughs> I'm just gonna go scrap." And it, a
0: Scrap and lift weights. So at this point, now Adam, you open your gym, and that's when you joined Adam's gym, Joey.
1: Yeah, and I, I had to pay him a lot. The negotiations went back and forth yeah yeah Um, so what was like i said
2: i'm not going to come unless you give me my black belt
1: four years from now (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) what what was the sort of like i mean again i really appreciate what you had written about me in in your instagram post and stuff and and your speech when you got the black your black belt uh you know you had mentioned that the training with me helped you like fall back in love with jiu-jitsu and whatnot what was it you know because i don't know has was it just those initial roles that we were doing at jungle brothers did that because you would kind of fallen out of love of jiu-jitsu and even when you were starting to run the classes at at jungle brothers you weren't you were just kind of doing it because it was for the business you weren't really passionate uh was it just those initial sort of training together that you got I- interested enough again to th- say, "Yeah, I'll come train with you"? Or was it later? Was it, "Look, man, I'm going to give this one more go. I'll go train with ads," and then you fell in love with jujitsu again? Like, what made you make the decision to to invest in? Because you don't live super close to to, to my gym, you know. Uh, at, oh the no, at the time, the time you time were in was, Randwick, yeah, weren't you? So you weren't close. too far. Sorry, yeah. I would, so. baby. Yeah, right. <laughs> so you weren't actually. They know me too around far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what 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 pushed you over the edge to to really commit to going back to training? I'm not
2: really sure, to be honest. It was um I guess there was a part of me that always wanted to like see the journey through and get my black you're belt. Like, you're so close. Yeah, bro. you're like yeah. fuck, you know. And I and I you know like you were often like you you I would often think like man I can't believe I'm a brown belt, you know. I'd like look at my brown belt. Fuck, I can't believe I'm a brown man fuck, gotta get, gotta get that black belt, you know, kind of thing. Um, I think that was part of it. I think your energy around jujitsu and just your like passion about it was like, for you, it's like really, for you, it's like everything, you know? And, and, and I mean, especially at that stage too, where you're like, I'm back from Brazil and I'm here to fucking open a school and I'm going to create an awesome team. And, you know, so I was like that, like that was quite, um, motivating to be around that. Um, and I suppose there was probably a bit of a force too from like all of my, all of the people I know in jiu-jitsu, like JT, the people at my gym that I'd been coaching, my business partners who have, you know, watched me train over the years. They've both trained jujitsu, T and Paul. Um, uh, there's, the uh, like all the jiu jitsu people that were coming into the gym, like well, it was, yeah, it was there bul- in my life
1: through bulletproof as well. Like imagine that you're t- running bulletproof for BJJ and people are like, oh, so you train Joe and you're like, no, fuck that shit, bro. <laughs> 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 jiu jitsu's
2: bad stupid. for you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. So I think all of that kind of combined. I'm like, no, I wanna, I wanna, like, I wanna do it, you know. And and I think um, restarting it. Under you was a way for me to do it, kind of on my own terms. Where I'm like, okay, like I'm not, I'm not doing this now to compete. I'm not doing this to please anybody else, um, which I had been doing for a long time. Uh, I can give two day, like I can give like two nights a week. That's what I'm going to give, rather than like I got to shop four nights. Five, I got to be there all the time. You know that whole thing that I had at like Blue and Purple. Um, and it was really nice. And you were
1: like, dude, like you were really open. You're like, great, like, let's do it. I actually vaguely remember the specific conversation. Like, I think it might've been, it was one of the times we were rolling at Jungle Brothers. And I think you were telling me that, you know, you were no longer training at Gracie Hamaita or whatever. I think like the conversation had kind of gone into that territory of like, you essentially didn't have I'm a free a, like, agent a coach. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yes, yeah, taking." <laughs> and I remember I said, something like oh so where are you going to train who are you going to train under or something along those lines and you were like oh man you know I'd like to train with you and i and i, I remember saying like yeah man fuck i'd love to to have you train with me and blah 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 and i r- vaguely remember that specific conversation and then from then uh i can't remember if the gym was open or not whether it was a yeah i'd love for you to train with me when i open the gym or if the gym had opened i can't quite remember but you know from then you you started training with me and I tell people like Kieran and other people who didn't know you back then just how different your like the level of your jujitsu is from then to today you know like when we when we first met as you was a brown belt like I think you can't sum it up better than the own example that you gave that you were a brown belt and these fundamental things like bro like the underhook like what's going on here like there were so many fundamental flaws in your jiu-jitsu that like you were still someone tough to roll with because you were now years into your strength and mobility uh career so you you know i don't know what you were as a as an athlete prior to that but even now like if you ignore jiu-jitsu you're incredibly strong Mobile, fit, flexible, like handsome. it's uh, <laughs> <yeah. That's laughs> one. You, you know, <laughs> it's one of the underlying sort of like it's it's in the it's in the DNA of Jungle Brothers, right? Like, yeah. Uh, so you're even if you were a white belt today, you would be a handful to roll with just I'd because. Smash you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> just, just because of how Is you that are. Fresh blue belt. <laughs> oh, <was>, uh, <laughs> oh, we haven't announced it. Yet. <laughs> it's still not real, Kieran. It's nah. been a dream. <laughs> um, oh, fuck. So, you know, you could still be a handful to roll with, but there were heaps of things that were just like, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal for for anyone who was, you know, a skilled brown or black belt, but it's so different to how you are now and like how quickly, it, it, you know, you adapted all the advice that I gave you or all the thing. I don't want to say all the things I taught you, you know, but like everything that we worked on and You've heard me say this a million times, Joey, but I always say, like, you know, one of the biggest compliments I can give you is that I regret everything I teach you, you know, just because it always comes back to screw me in a good way, you know. Like, the competitor in me absolutely hates it because then it turns into, like, no. gone are the days where, Man, I I used to just be so, like, just pass your guard. So I could almost do whatever I wanted with you. Whereas now you and I have toe-to-toe wars, you know, really good roles. Like you can sub me, I can sub you, like you can pass me, sweep me, I can pass you, sweep you. It can go either way, in our roles, right?
0: To be devil's advocate, has Joey gotten better or? (laughs) Yeah. yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, I'm getting old. Uh, You know, and it's just you've, come so far and now it's like you know for a long time you've been a legitimate brown belt and now you know i wouldn't have given you a black belt if i didn't feel you were legitimately a black belt and deserve to be wearing a black belt but um it's done so much for you jiu-jitsu and i remember kind of like the first time that we had been training for a while together that jt was again up in sydney i mean now he lives in sydney but only recently. So we were still living in Melbourne. And at this stage, you and I had been training together for a couple of years now. And you had already come a long way because it wasn't like I was starting from scratch with you. Like something I told you, you instantly would implement it. It didn't take long. You know, the, the one that stood out the most was, you know, your positioning when you would play X guard and stuff like that was really, really weak and very easy to pass. Whereas now, like I do... I fight tooth and nail not to get into your X guard because it's a nightmare to pass. And um, and I remember JT was coming up and I said, I, I don't know, the conversation got on to you and rolling and training or something like that. And I was like, I was like, oh man, like Joey's gotten heaps better. And he hadn't rolled with you really since before you and I started working together. And I remember JT being something like, nah man, like fucking it's Joey, like most smashy and blah, blah, blah. Whether it was... I don't know, sometimes I can't tell how much tongue-in-cheek he's, he's emphasizing when he <laughs> says something or whether he was just legitimately like, no, nah, man, Joey's fucking shit. I'm going to crush him. That like, dude's not on my level. And I remember thinking... That sounds like well, JT. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember thinking, oh, man, like fucking Joey's gotten really good. And I think you smashed him. And, oh, like, or it was like an even roll or whatever it was. It, w- it wasn't the what it was when we first met where JT and I could kind of just like towel you up like yep. that. Those days were gone and you and him rolled and it was like, whatever. I don't know how the role went. It was even, or he got you or you got him, whatever it was. But Sick. I remember I was sitting there and I was, it was a bit of a yeah, fucking told you, bro. He's <laughs> gotten good. So you're telling
0: me it only takes two years of training with you to then be able to tap you. So I've only got like 12 months. <laughs> you've got 12 months to 12 go, baby. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I, I, um, I mean, by this stage, by the time this podcast airs, you know, this, this deal may be off the table, but I do need to put it out there into the universe and, and put it on record that Joey has claimed that the first person to tap him at Black Belt gets a free dinner.
2: That's right. Oh yeah, I didn't hear that. Put out there last night. Oh, did you? It's Just the end of class. Buttons like who, like who tapped you, or someone tapped you. I was like, no, it was the first training. First session. training well. like no one belt, got me yeah. last night. And then he was like, I oh. <laughs> Kieran's like, I want that. Yeah. And Barnes <laughs> like I want that, and I was like, well, I'll buy dinner for whoever gets it. Well, yeah, yeah because Be like hungry, a, boy.
1: a week ago or whatever, like a week prior to getting your black belt. In a role, Kieran actually took your back and tapped Best you. I Tried don't know. I, I, I didn't see it. I don't know how it played out, whether it was one it's of those situations sick, where, you know, you're <laughs> kind nice. of going a bit chill and then the situation gets away from you. But whatever it was, to Kieran. I don't you know, know if you just you're fucking, fucking with any these guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you uh, fucking well you did Kieran didn't <laughs> even claim it. You said nothing about it. You Joey actually told me uh, the lesson uh, in humility to offer that. I feel it's important to offer that
2: up. <laughs> but bro, your boy got me. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so does does this dinner offer extend to to anyone, or is it just to like the just to the, the students? Scum, the scum. Oh, that's a really good. I point. mean, I'm actually I'm I'm months back from being you're out. I'm, I'm out. you be for now. tapped before but, then. But I, mean, yeah, I won't last. But that if long. If, <laughs> no, if, no, if I've recovered from this surgery and you're still untapped, does that offer extend to me? I would have to say it shouldn't count for a black belt. Or at oh, least like shouldn't it should count. be brown and under yeah, yeah. cool oh. yeah or at least there maybe shouldn't count to your instructor that would be you know like i mean you could you could say oh yeah i don't know because you can tap jt like oh, i don't know yeah but let's i know just, let's yeah. just keep
2: it to the low belts
1: keep it to the low belts yeah. i think
2: it's fun to let them fight over yeah, it. yeah. yeah. all right and we yeah, need right. we need free dinners yeah yeah
0: Uh, we're very very conscious of your time Joey thank you so much for coming on to the Beyond Jiu Jitsu podcast I got one more
1: thing I know we're we're well over time but I do just want we haven't finished the journey yet have we? no we've got one more piece that I want Joey to talk about I'm good for you guys go wherever you want (laughs) 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 yeah yeah. Yeah, we're gonna leave but we'll leave you recording (laughs) no like so um, so the before we finish that whole Jiu Jitsu journey like what does it mean to you to have now achieve that goal. Like of, of, now you are a black belt. Like what, what, for me, I spoke about when I gave you the black belt, like it was me getting my black belt was super important. It was one of the biggest achievements in my life. Giving you your black belt means a lot to me as well. And I hope it means, meant a lot to you. Uh, obviously jujitsu, it's an important part of your life. It's not the same as it is for me. Like it's not your one and sole thing that you do and it's not your career, right? but it's a big part of your life. What, what does uh, achieving that, that rank of black belt mean to you? You know, and how do you feel about it?
2: I've been kind of pondering that over, over the last few days and it's, it's, really, it's really interesting. It's been a hard thing for me to get my head around and a hard thing to articulate. I, I sort of I alluded to it in that post on, uh, on Bulletproof yesterday on Instagram where I was about saying like... a month like, ago now for people listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> um. Where I was saying like like something something I always noticed about people getting their black belts because I've seen a lot of my counterparts get their black belts right and uh, you know guys that I was you know neck and neck with and then I've seen them get get to black and I'm like fuck and I and one thing I noticed is that whenever they like post about it on their social media they're always like oh you're very honoured to have received my black belt and now the real journey begins and you know onto the next thing and I'm like what like dude, like you fucking got your black belt. You should be so psyched. Like stop giving me this like standard kind of warrior Zen template of like humility and like, tell me like, suck a dick. I just got my black belt. (laughs) 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 Um, Excuse the profanity. Um, And I, and obviously, you know, whatever people are necessarily not able to articulate themselves maybe in the way that they want. But one thing that I realized was it was a very somber experience for me getting mine on saturday and i was almost like not saddened but there was something in me that was like there was a heaviness to receiving it where i'm like i'm like damn like
1: it's like when your favorite netflix series like ends you like that was the last episode <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> like i'm so glad i've watched this yeah. but also <laughs> oh <laughs> but there,
2: <laughs> there's something there's something in it um that i didn't experience with the other belts because the other belts i was just like fucking sick i got a purple belt now i got a blue belt now like that's mad you know it's just like up and up and then you get this back thing you're like whoa it's like uh not overwhelmed but it, there's a there's a there is a humility that comes with it and i felt on saturday it was like it hit me really hard when you like when you were talking and i'm like fuck he's about to get my black belt you i can't remember what you're saying but i like I had to not look at you because I was, I was about to get teary. I, I wasn't
1: looking at you either. Yeah, you like, were looking at me all day. I was like, looking at the green. Yeah, yeah, all day. Yeah,
2: like <laughs> fucking look at me. Well, I was looking at both of you fuckheads. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, you're just like, got my blue belt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm like, yeah, I'm like, oh damn, like some, some kind of, something quite emotional came over me and then I'm like, don't look at him because I'll cry. And then, <laughs> and then you were like, Joe, but and then when I got up and I, and I came and accepted it and you put it on and all that, that was all kind of surreal. From that point, the the so it was I was going through some some you know like really fascinating
1: uh, like emotional responses at the time, um, which you know, what I what I noticed when it happened and uh, we filmed the whole thing. Uh, Kieran and, and Zach were filming. The thing that I noticed because I gave out a few belts, but something that I noticed that happened when I gave out your belt, and I'll be interested to see the footage, is with the other belts that I gave out, everyone was sitting sitting down, and you know they would clap and whatever and cheer. But when I gave your belt, at some point, like everyone stood up. Yeah. And I noticed and you might not have seen it because by I that – I just felt that yeah yeah and like I like the energy was just this. Yeah. I mean, getting it amongst your team and, like, you know, it was super important, I imagine, for you, but I really wanted Mies, your, your partner, to be there, So who, who was there And because often it just happens in the gym or something where, uh, yeah, there might be your teammates, but not always are you going to have your family or your partner there to see you get it. And I noticed that when everyone stood up. I was like, whoa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll yeah. be yeah. interested to see the, the video emotion. of it.
2: Yeah, that, that was cool. And, I mean, that, you know, like, yeah, I, I – yeah, I, I've have I ever I've never seen anyone receive their black belt. Yeah, right. I'm just going over that. I don't, yeah, I've never experienced that, and I, you know, yeah, it's a special thing. You see it, you see it on YouTube, and st- you know, you catch little glimpses of it. And you're like, oh fuck, it's a profound thing. I was always thinking, what's my response? You know, you see people like fall to their knees and start crying, <laughs> and, and it was like, it's fair enough. Like totally, shit, why not? That's right. Like, you yeah. know, you and and I think. I was expecting that might happen to me because I'm like, fuck, I've given this, this thing a lot. It's, long, it's the longest commitment I've ever made in my life to anything. You know, I've given, you know, my fucking ACL. I've given, you know, countless hours and injuries and, you well, know, and just...
1: Even like your business now, like you've yeah. been doing jujitsu longer than Jungle Brothers has existed. Oh, right? yeah. So it's like even what now is your career and a very successful business, like you've given jujitsu more years than that like i'm not trying to take anything away but you know what i mean in terms of the timeline
2: yes it's it is it is you know it's the longest relationship i've ever had you know um and so so yeah i was interested to see to to kind of experience that and i couldn't have anticipated how i did feel on the day and then looking back at like when we went to you know went and and had some amazing food and drinks and stuff we're hanging out at alex's place i was thinking fuck i'm gonna get loaded this saturday i'm like i think i'm gonna get my black belt and i'm like i'm gonna get fucked up it's gonna be great like i'm gonna be so <laughs> excited i'm like, gonna get up and i am be like and i wrote this in my post where i was like i'm gonna like look who's a fucking weapon now i got my black belt bitches like you know like <laughs> yeah. and yeah. i was so far from that yeah and when we were the thing afterwards i was like i was tired i was like, oh, like man. a bit
1: emotionally drained yeah i was yeah. like
2: fuck, wow like it was a really cool day but i was just kind of sitting around had like three beers and i was done you know yeah, yeah um so really interesting and then in in the days following which has really been like you know sunday and then yesterday and today i've started to feel more excited about it and yeah. reached that point where i'm like oh this is fucking sick yeah you know um i put it on last night we were training i was like oh this is so good yeah. like wearing it for the first time and so yeah, like the the excitement is kind of is 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 growing out of it. You know, I think
1: I yeah to to I think I would agree with you. I can't quite. I remember r- when recall. you put yours
2: on for the first training session at Alliance. Oh, do you? Yeah, I do, and I was like, bro, you got your fucking black belt, man, so good. And you were like, yeah, thanks, man. You were like really dry. Oh, was and, I? and I think, <laughs> and I, I I wanted to ask if you were. Feeling something of the same. I'm
1: thinking, like, if you would just ask me, I don't know what I would have said. But hearing you tell that, like, uh, that sort of river of, uh, of emotions, I think it was very similar. Like, if I if I think back, it was kind of that feeling of, yeah, like I don't know, a little without words. Like, I definitely didn't collapse and cry or anything like Last that. Last time
0: you cried, you were nine.
1: Yeah, I know. I t- talked about that in the podcast. Yeah, really, real man. Real yeah. I was Real watching Homewood Bound film <laughs> a movie as a kid where they make it look you like a have cried dog since dies. you were nine? No, no, like I've cried, but I haven't like, I mean... That's
0: not what you said on the air, bro.
1: You know, like I'm, <laughs> I don't know how we got onto that conversation, but no, I, I haven't. nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, I think it was something similar and it took it took some days to like be... It was almost like, you know, like I would have my black belt in my hands, like let's say after when i got it and like like got home and i remember maybe just being like oh like i don't know if that's like mine yet like i don't know it just didn't feel like it almost took a while till it was like it really felt like oh yeah like that's that's part of me and that's my belt now and
2: Yeah. yeah so
1: i don't recall that happening between you and i but it checks out. Like hearing <laughs> you tell that story, I can I can imagine that that it would have happened something like that.
0: I found it interesting, Joey, that you said it's way different to the other belts. How like, you know, you got blue, purple, brown. You're like, fuck yeah, fuck you guys. I'm a fucking, I'm a blue belt bitches. Because that's how yeah. I feel. You know I what think I mean? I, <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm like, fucking come at me, you know, like blue I th- belt. It's funny though. I think I was a bit, I think all my belts, I was kind of a little... Even though I worked so hard to get them, I did have when I would get that belt. I kind of felt a little oh, Do I deserve like I don't know if I deserve it yet. I didn't yeah. feel that. <laughs> should <laughs> I <feel> that? <laughs> like? No, I'm not even. I'm not even kidding.
0: Like, um, does that it, make me a purple belt? <laughs> I didn't yeah. Feel that. <laughs> yeah, maybe I am. Maybe I should just get two stripes. Now. <laughs> yeah. But Barton was saying to me, he was like, "Oh, when would you get your? Because Barton, a purple belt, um, we mentioned him earlier. Trained with him, I. You told me to roll with him, so obviously I rolled with him. You guys have a good one. Yeah, we had a good roll. Yeah. And he, and he uh, asked like, oh, when would you get your blue belt? I was like, oh, on Saturday. He's like, you fucking rolling like that? And You just got your blue belt? I was like, yeah, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool. But it, yeah. but
1: it was yeah, like it was it was a good day, and you know, I you got, I think like a pretty cool honor. You got. As your first duty as a black belt was I had you put my first degree on my belt. You know, I've mentioned on previous episodes that your degrees are just awarded by the IBJJF and typically you'll get your coach to do it. But Fabio's in Brazil and, you know, COVID travel restrictions. I have a business and a son, like, I don't know when I'll see Fabio again, you know, it might be a second degree by the time I see Fabio again. So I didn't want to just put the tape on my belt myself. So thought it was nice to come full circle and have my first black belt, put my first degree on my belt. Yeah, and that so, was cool. So I that appreciated was, that. That was pretty cool. And um,
0: I, I, like, just from my perspective as someone new to the gym and, you know, a blue belt <laughs> representing, re- representing the blue belt you team. You can't say you're new to the gym anymore. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah right. as, as a blue belt, uh, resident blue belt at the gym, I think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's really awesome to have uh, two two black belts and to see as you award a black belt to one of your students. I think, I know it's important for you and of course it's important for you, Joey, but I think it's important for, for everyone else around the team. It's kind of like, obviously not taking anything away from you, but because jiu-jitsu is such a community, it's like a team effort, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, you know, we, we now have a black belt. We, we yeah. Joey is now our black belt, you know what I mean? Obviously. Yeah, and, and like Sonata you said, adds, like
1: ev- everyone in that room and people who weren't there as well, all played a part in, the, in that journey, right? You absolutely. Know? It's, it's one of those things that to, outside of your instructor and your family, like you can't really list the people you, you, you would need to thank Right, like it's like well, I thank every single person I've ever trained with, you know, like everyone has played a part in this journey throughout the years, you know. But it's
0: like really authentic. Like, I mean, anytime someone wins an award or, or whatever, or does well in a sports, like, oh yeah, thanks to all my teammates, rah rah. But uh, maybe it's just me. It doesn't feel as authentic as in jiu-jitsu, you know, because it's so personal. You're you're connecting with with all your training partners on a daily basis, very personal. Like you can't get any closer. You're also going hard as well. You're trying to you like- can
1: if we go to the shirts off. I think we should. I think we should. And then um, the okay. black
0: belts will feel more special.
1: <laughs> J- J- Joey's like, my first order of business is a black belt. <laughs> no more shirts in no gear. <laughs> Excellent. Um, all right, well, um, we will wrap it up. We didn't really get to talk about Jungle Brother. I mean, it took that, that whole episode just to talk about your journey. I think no doubt we'll have to have you on at a future date. Joey Love and um, you know we can talk more about uh, you know Jungle Brothers and Jungle Brothers has recently just expanded opened a, a gym up in Ballina near, which is near Byron Bay so that's super exciting uh, Tiara is heading that so I mean maybe by the time we have you back open it'll be better because that'll b- have been open for longer and we can talk more about like uh, Jungle Alliance basically. yeah less sort of jujitsu stuff and more just sort of what's actually going on in, mm. in your life but where can everyone find you? Uh,
2: you can find me on Instagram at jbjoey. You can follow com, or you can see us on Instagram at of BJJ. Uh If you're interested in any of the gym stuff, which we didn't really go into, but that's the Jungle Brothers piece, just get at me, at junglebrothers.com. You can just go through that. Yeah. there's instagram channels and youtube and be, you'll find it all yeah
1: you got the bulletproof podcast yeah. youtube channel yeah. jungle brothers podcast and their website yeah yeah it's more you're than you're everywhere you're there. more online than offline for sure
2: i am i it blows my real? mind <laughs> that i've ended up where i am that i'm like <laughs> and i end up with two podcasts and shit hell yeah but it's great it's awesome. feel, you know it's very privileged to be able to speak and have people listen to it right yeah absolutely sure. um, no one's listening to this though so yeah, don't worry about that. yeah, that's not worry. Yeah. Yeah. That's a yeah cause shame. that was a great episode god damn well it. everything I said was a lie anyway so it doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: alright guys thanks so much for listening if you want to support the show you can find us at Jitsu underscore podcast you know where it's at and on our Patreon if you want to get amongst that Adam is for 24 hours only doing free nudes to everyone that signed <laughs> up to our Patreon. So suss that out. Till next time guys. See ya.